0: Welcome to The Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Bolin.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Practical Mystic Show. This is Janine Bolin, and today I am so Thrilled that I have my guest with me today. Her name is Joyce Foistel and she is a social media trainer She helps business people and job seekers, especially those she specializes in those that are about 40 years up and up Really, to help them become more effective and productive when it comes to LinkedIn and Facebook. Now, I know with this particular crowd, most of you are rocking Facebook. You guys have groups. You know how to send out information to people regarding Facebook. But I've noticed with a lot of my healers, shamans, mystics, that when it comes to LinkedIn, you're a little bit more hesitant. Now, I understand why that is. It can be a little intimidating. But one of the things that Joyce is going to chat. With us about today is how to make the transition, how to go from being on Facebook, and then how to really crank it on LinkedIn. Now, you guys may know I have an online course. It's a little bitty $37 kind of start, and Joyce was helpful in that she helped me build that course, not only with her wisdom, but also with the fact that she's like, realize you are a legitimate business owner, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that with her work that she's done uh i want to give you her website right off the bat it's boomer social media tutor boomers social media Tutors tu- tutors.com it will also be in the show notes since i seem to be struggling this morning thank you for being with us joyce wonderful to have you
0: oh it's great to be here and i'll reinforce that website because it's a little bit tricky boomers b-o-o-m-e-r-s social media tutor so plural on the boomer, singular on the tutor. Right. (laughs) um, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm very excited to speak to this particular audience. I'm a huge fan of people who channel, who are psychics. And I've been a client myself and anything I can do to help this crowd, I'm all in.
1: So let's talk a little bit about those wonderful shamans medicine men, medicine women, folks who have been doing healing work, psychic work for years and years. And now they're ready to step up. They're ready to be a little bit more visible. Now, Facebook is a great place to build community. I mean, that's why it was designed. It does a wonderful job, but the money is in LinkedIn. That is where you get your clients. Now, a lot of people say, no, I do just fine on Facebook. I'm happy there. And I'm like, Yes, I believe you Uh, but now don't you want to make this full-time and those are the people we're talking to today The folks who are like you're moving beyond it being a hobby and you really want to move into full-time So what are some pieces of advice that you could give folks who are ready to make that transition from Facebook Into LinkedIn and start doing a full-time career?
0: Oh, you bet. So of course keep your Facebook going And LinkedIn, for starters, is functionally much like Facebook. Maybe because I spend so much time on LinkedIn, sometimes I'm like, okay, where is the issue here? Why are people struggling with LinkedIn? Why are they intimidated? You know, they're still putting their pants on one leg at a time here too. So I, it, but then again, you know, I'm probably too close to it. So I think that's just the first thing to say is the functionality is so similar Uh, LinkedIn over the years has kind of copycatted Facebook in so many different ways. So that's the first thing I'd say. And the second thing is to have only one LinkedIn profile. Here's the thing you might have done. Okay, you've got, let's say you have a day job, quote unquote, doing whatever outside of your other healing psychic type work. You think, well, Joy, shouldn't I have a second profile just for that? No, no, a thousand times no, because you don't want to confuse people. There should be only one Janine, only one Joyce. Look at Janine as a perfect example, multiple gigs, right? She only has one profile on LinkedIn. Be like her, be like me. So uh, those are just a couple just off the top of my head um, tips. So back to you.
1: Yeah, I really agree with you. LinkedIn has copied a lot of things off of Facebook, but some of the things that I would really like to cater in is where people are in their mindset when they're on Facebook versus where people are in their mindset when you're on LinkedIn. And that's why LinkedIn is where a lot of your bigger money is, your higher paying clients and that sort of thing. Because when people are on LinkedIn, they are ready to connect. They do want to meet you. If they look at their, your profile and message you, you want to respond to LinkedIn people. It's different from Facebook and Facebook, people may be laying in bed. They just woke up, you know, and they're just scrolling through, you know, the latest <laughs> profile, what have you. but. The mindset of where somebody is in on LinkedIn versus Facebook is totally different. I'd love to hear what you have experienced, mm-hmm. not only for yourself personally, but for your clients that you've helped uh, establish a LinkedIn presence.
0: Okay, so I love that analogy about laying in bed. Here's another one someone told me once that Facebook is like the water cooler. Okay, maybe that's an old reference, especially for people that are not working out of a home office, but it's where you would hang out a break room, whatever, and socialized chit-chat. And LinkedIn is more like the conference room. I hesitate to say to say the boardroom. That makes it sound too hoity toity. The conference room, that's where you go for meetings. That's where you know you pay attention. Um, there's your team leader going over stuff or whatever, or planning meeting with your colleagues. So yes, that's exactly right. When people are on LinkedIn, they're thinking more business oriented. And they are very open to getting a message from you. And then, like you said, if they message you, miss, you know, write, write them back. Millennials have told me they love LinkedIn because it's so accessible. So also think of it like that. There's no gatekeepers. No one saying, well, I'll get, and why are you calling for Mr. Jones or Mrs. Jones? No, you just get right to the person. Also, see the beauty of LinkedIn, your profile, it, it tells so much about you. You can give examples. You can have videos. You can have testimonials. All of this in a very business centric way that then creates this image of you as the professional that you are, because this is legitimate work you're doing. But when you have people who are in the business world, say, especially in a video with a suit and tie or whatever, you're looking very, you know, business-like, saying, oh, my gosh, Janine Rock, she just changed my life. You know, with that session with hers, I just don't have to go back to my therapist anymore or something. I don't know. I'm just making this up. But I just think that people can really have this incredible um, presence and you can share from the influencers, the people that are really rocking it within your overall sphere, you can share from them. So to me, that's what people go there for information, they go to get educated and kind of maybe have um, all kinds of interesting brainstorming. I see there's polls on there, you'd be surprised the features you could use.
1: So those are wonderful options. And so let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn groups because LinkedIn groups has morphed drastically over time. And one of the things that I like to share with people is they're like, is it like Facebook where you go and that's what you do with the group? Some people have had amazing success with LinkedIn groups, but I would urge you to be very cautious. Uh, The people that started that had only one intention and that was not to sell. That was not to build up this huge group. It was to build their authority. And if you already have your authority established on Facebook, there's no need to build that up on LinkedIn. And I wanted to hear your comments on how to use these two different platforms using groups. Because in Facebook, people love being on groups. They'll help answer questions for you when you're not around, that kind of stuff. But when it comes to you as a business owner, that's when those groups are more like trade organizations or something like that, but I would love to hear your perspective because I'm only one person and I know there's a lot more going on. Well, I think that most likely within LinkedIn, you
0: could find your fellow psychics, your fellow channelers, whatever. You could find your colleagues, like you said, like kind of a quasi-trade organization and exchange ideas with each other. So there is that kind of peer-to-peer interchange within a LinkedIn group. I have found over the years, I've been on LinkedIn really actively since about 08, that LinkedIn groups have really been on the decline. Unfortunately, Um, I got really pulled into LinkedIn back in the late 2000s through a Toastmasters international group. And there people are always, you know, asking questions and answering questions. And recently I took a question to that group and hardly went anywhere, but over on Facebook, naturally the group there just ran with it and I got some help. So... I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily look to groups as a be-all and end-all. You aren't necessarily going to find your end user, so to speak, through. Um, Their people might not be as comfortable just thinking off the top of my head, talking about matters they would take to a psychic with other people in a LinkedIn group. I mean, it just seems like maybe a mismatch possibly, or as probably more likely, you get in there be an interchange. So say you or someone else puts a post up about whatever way you could, abusing a psychic, for example. And then someone else could chime in and someone else could chime in. And you can even, you know what you can do there? You could tag people. They call it mentioning on LinkedIn. Even in your comment, like I would make my comment and say, oh, tag Janine Bowen. What do you think about this? So that's a way in my thinking, to have some bit of engagement, interaction, so to speak. It's all public, though. Keep that in mind. So that's my guess in terms of how people might be able to explore ideas, share things, um, more than probably in the community of a Facebook group.
1: I I agree with you. And that's what I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just seeing something through my own colored glasses, so to mm-hmm. speak, that I really noticed that I, I saw a lot of people doing amazing things with LinkedIn groups, and that was back in 2008, 2009, but I have seen that really drop off. So that's why I encourage people, continue mm-hmm. your Facebook groups, but handle LinkedIn very differently. Uh, one, one wonderful person said to me, well, you know, Facebook, it's everybody, everything, always, you know, churning and burning through there. With LinkedIn, it's more like the library. There are set locations, like this is the bulletin board and this is the posting board. It's a little more structured. is isn't quite so willy-nilly uh, in the um, way mm-hmm. that people will be brought to you. And I highly recommend that you mention people on LinkedIn, especially mm-hmm. if they are people that you really want to connect with. That's the other nice thing is that on LinkedIn, everyone's very professional. and so for you business owners, make sure that you put, you really use the contact information place. It's not like Facebook. This is like, this is where you want people to reach out and connect with you. Do you mind giving us a few tips on just like the top three things that you've seen that people really did not utilize that it's in their benefit to utilize that is available on LinkedIn? Let's
0: talk about the contact info section in particular. right? Keep in mind first, the contact info section is only seen, well, almost all the information and is only seen by your connections. Somebody who is looking you up and looking into it would only see your LinkedIn URL. That's pretty much it. But once they're connected with you, they can see um, your email. They can see a phone number if you choose to include it. They can see up to three websites or, you know, internet entities, let's call it. So say you have a group on Facebook you could or a Facebook page. What I would do if I were you, I'd have uh, one of those links, of course, be your website. Second, be a Facebook page or a Facebook group, or in my case, I have a meetup group. So being I don't have a Facebook group, um, I have a Facebook page, I have my meetup group and my website in the three URLs. So I think that is very underutilized. Also, even something as simple as the URL, That's a branding statement. So I, for example, have Joyce Voistel, social media trainer, instead of Joyce Voistel, ABC2565, you know, AAF. See, if you ever notice and go and look in there, they'll have your first, your last name and a whole bunch of random letters and numbers. That's your account name, so to speak, assigned at the birth of your LinkedIn account. But you can override that and brand right there too. So that's yet another thing people see. So that's that's something I think underutilized. I think the really key thing, if we're just, say, looking at the profile now, is your headline. Keep in mind, folks, that the default headline within LinkedIn is simply going to be like owner at Joyce Foistel's psychic business or whatever I'd call myself. You don't want that. You want to have search engine optimization type of terms, whatever those might be, in your headline, meaning that's the, right under your picture, there's up to 220 characters recently increased from 120. So think about the ways you could describe yourself. If you have a tagline like I do, making social media simple, easy and fun, you could put your tagline in there. So the headline is very important and really that far behind it is your about section. So here would be the story of you in first person I suggest, the first person voice. Well, okay, I evolved into being a psychic after deciding to go, you know, kind of come out, if you will, maybe not the best words here, but just be legitimate as a psychic because I've been a psychic since I was five. I always kind of have a sense, a second sense, a sixth sense, whatever you want to call it about the world around me. And I've just, I got the training. I'm, I'm legit. I do this. You know, I may still have another income stream, but my lead world is to be a psychic. And then just talk a little bit about some of the ways you've helped people and if people want even you want to have they might say something like Donna e you know you don't have to have their last full last names up there're not comfortable with that but you can have testimonials right there embedded into your about section you have like 2600 characters don't have to use every character and then and then you could also have down in the experience section again testimonials you can have down there a link to someplace on the internet you could have a Linked to a PowerPoint, five reasons to use the psychic, you know, something like this. So those are ways to get legitimacy. You can feature posts that you've put up on LinkedIn or an article that again highlight the um, value around, but but don't be too salesy. I should really back up and say that. LinkedIn is not about sales, sales, sales. It's about creating your image, creating your professionalism, your knowledge, all of that. So that's the thing you want to be doing uh, with your profile in every possible way. And don't forget that background photo right above your picture, you know, like the cover photo on a Facebook page, because you want to come up with something. It could be essentially the same as you have on a Facebook page, just saying, or in your Facebook group, maybe. Uh, But the image has to kind of line up. There's a little picture of you don't, you know, sort of a layout thing. But it's um, important to create right away uh, a sense of who you are and what you're about.
1: And there are so many things that I've seen people do that kind of shot themselves in the foot. And one of those was definitely how they use their headline. Make sure that when you are speaking about what you do, don't tell us how you do what you do. What people really want to know is what is the problem that you solve? Mm -hmm. And that is really important. Now with some psychics and shamans that I've run into and and help them with their branding and that sort of thing they start listing off all their certifications and all the things they've done and honestly if somebody is in pain or if somebody needs a problem solved they don't care about that the fact is they're connected to you or they have been referred and that is one of the things about linkedin it is one of the largest referral networks you'll ever run into and you have been referred by somebody And so they don't need to know all of that stuff, even though you work your butt off for all those certifications. I get it. (laughs) But what is the problem that you solve? And that's where the About section can be very helpful. So go ahead and visit Joyce Feustel's her her page on LinkedIn visit mine and if you want references she and I will both be happy to give you references of other pages where they are doing it well but definitely mm-hmm. make sure your branding is on point so talk to us a little bit about this relationship management because see this is kind of the new big thing and I laugh because this has been around since day one when businesses first decided to be businesses it's all been about relationships. And so when you were talking about, okay, let's not sell here. But talk to us a little bit about this, about you're really supposed to be presenting yourself as, go ahead and fill in the blanks.
0: Well, someone who is approachable, who is helpful, who is knowledgeable about your field. Um, and so that you can, you know, people can get the help they need. I think that you, in terms of relationships, just back up in a minute. Your people who are your raving fans, those are the people you want to track with on LinkedIn. You and I have had this conversation before, Janine, about kind of that inner circle of people. It might be 10 or 20 people, you know, maybe another tier of people who are kind of your peripheral folks too. And always make sure you're going over to their LinkedIn profile on at least, you know, a weekly or twice a month basis. Have a little spreadsheet, whatever you got to do. And, and find a post they put up and comment on it. Uh, share it. You can do both. Commenting gives it a bit more energy. You know, if you had to pick one of the two, because you know what, everything you do on LinkedIn is public, unless you hide it. You can hide it. There is a setting for it. But why? Why would you hide this? You know, this isn't some like deep dark secret here. Everything is should be completely transparent. So. So I say that and then meanwhile, kind of a sidebar here, if you're researching a potential client and maybe you're like, oh, I'm getting a funny feeling about him, you're psychic, you probably can tell, right? So you go and you look up that person's about section, what did they come in and what do they like? I mean, do some research, I'll tell you what, in about 10 minutes, you can probably figure out if you wanna work with them or not. Because you might say, ooh, ooh, oh, yuck, oh, I don't think so. Because people see, I don't think they realize so what they're doing there is totally out in front of God and everybody. So that's where I'd say, yeah, that relationship is. That's a really cool way to go. Is go check out people's activity section. That's the name of it, activity. See all activities and see their posts, their likes, etc. Then another thing to really track on is notifications, because it's, I'll be a bit more random. But you go and look there and kind of look down to skim down to look for your closest peeps, and they got. Five years in their business, oh, wow, great time to celebrate with them. You can do it privately with a little note just through LinkedIn or even publicly by commenting on the actual notification verbiage. Or if they just got a new job, that's awesome too. So those are things that you want to track with people and just those almost like random love notes or endorse them for a skill. Speaking of love notes, write them a recommendation. All of that is public. And you know what? When you write someone a recommendation, it's on your profile as well as on theirs. A lot of people don't know that. So well, these are just so many ways that you can be engaged with your people. And they're like, oh, there's Joyce again. Oh, that's nice.
1: You
0: know, just creates a nice warm, fuzzy feeling.
1: And I highly recommend that you don't treat LinkedIn like Facebook. There are two very separate platforms because if you decide to get political on LinkedIn, don't, as this is a business Platform and business owners do not enjoy having that they're like take it to Facebook You'll actually see people Comment on some and when people get a little too political and it happens You know every time somebody is really concerned about what's going on in their state for their state house or you know, whatever um, You can see them really start being commented on of you need to take this to Facebook So you you do not keep the political thing there. I, I the, would
0: probably just interrupt briefly to say I think there are times there are exceptions to that rule And I will say in recent times and some of the I'll call them largely civil rights issues, Black Lives Matter, topics along those lines. If that's a big part of I'll call it your brand and the people that you affiliate with. Go there. It's okay to do that. Just realize that you will have a whole segment of the LinkedIn readership that will not be interested in working with you because they don't share your political, your particular worldview on that issue. So I just want to say, it's like, don't say never, but in general, I really, I'm with you.
1: No, I get it. I, where I was going with that is all those things that your mom or your dad may have taught you about, you don't bring up, uh people's medical issues you don't bring up people it's it's not a social place in that regard like you said it's more the conference room and yes uh if you're concerned about a particular law that's going into effect now if it's going to affect business owners and let me tell you something black lives matter had significant litiginous aspects to what was going on for that demographic and I have uh, a demographic in that region and that was very important to me. So if you're concerned about a law or something like that you can definitely highlight it and say keeping an eye on the state of <laughs> the House of Representatives as they blah 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 how, how's everybody doing out there? You know that's very conversational but uh, so that that's one of the things that's very different than uh, Facebook and mm-hmm. so thank you Joyce I'm glad that you mentioned that. So uh, moving on to other areas that you may want to be cautious on, unless this is a part of your brand, such as if you are a minister, uh, so many of you of you psychics and shamans are, you are a religious or a spiritual advisor, uh, it's quite all right to share your what the goings-on are for your particular region, but just be aware that Business owners get a little uncomfortable when you start bringing in spirituality. Now, if you're saying, as a spiritual advisor, please take care of your uh, people, your clients, as we notice XYZ, that's totally different. People have no problem with that. So it's just like what mom said, you know, when you're sitting down to dinner in somebody else's house, please don't bring up politics, don't bring up spirituality, and don't bring up people's medical conditions. Those are the three no-nos, because these are highly inflammatory (laughs) topics. In case you haven't been following Facebook in the last five years, right? So those were things that are recommended, but as Joyce is Mm -hmm. very good to point out, please let us know your feeling on the exceptions of the spiritual Mm -hmm. side and medical side. I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Well,
0: I think, you know, people who come out of a Christian um, background are going to bring up Jesus Christ, are going to bring up language along those lines. And if you feel like that's your primary audience are people who are also Christians, I think even on Facebook, it's, you know, that's who you are. I, However, to build on what you said, I wouldn't get into a lot of proselytizing and coming along, off like, you know, this way or the highway, like my beloved now departed stepmother who had very strong Southern Baptist views, let's say. <laughs> I, I think that if it's how, you know, you're informed, what would Jesus do kind of thing? Go for it, right? He loved my dad so much. She would say, what would Gene do? Sort of like, what would Jesus you yeah. <laughs> so get your dad be kind of along right up there with Jesus. But, um, <laughs> and I think, say, you have a Jewish faith. There's some really powerful um, community service maxims or ideologies or uh, ways of being in the world why not weave those into who you are it 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 has informed you so much of your life so I think that it I think when framed with um in a way that speaks your truth very authentically as opposed to coming across like this is it my way like I said before not your way that can be very off-putting very off-putting like that's I guess it's sort of like a case by case situation, but I, in my opinion, I think words like spirit or your guides or things like that um, are better generally than even the use of the word God. That said, you know, if you choose to use the word God as part of your languaging, that's okay too. But I think that there's a difference between spiritual and religious, you know, and I'll break in anonymity for a minute. I've been in <clears throat> an Al-Anon program since 1985 and though El will sometimes or AA2 for that matter will say God, they also often say your higher power, you know, words like that. So these are spiritual programs. They are not like part of a religious um, faith path. Though personally, I feel it's all really one and the same, every path, but that's you know where I come from. So those, right. those are, I think, interesting differentiators and things for people to be uh, sensitive to.
1: Right. So I, I agree that. It is a kind of a case by case basis, but be aware of what you're doing when you post it on linkedin because it is highly public and so mm-hmm. a lot of business owners that i have talked to uh, on my other podcast programs many of them will just say <laughs> well they say i avoid it i don't even do it it's a no for me mm-hmm. however uh for this podcast program we're dealing with practical mystics here and this is your business and so you will know when it is appropriate but one mm-hmm. of the things i really wanted to bring home and joyce did it beautifully is that Definitely be spiritual and try to avoid being religious, but you know once again It comes back to your authenticity. Wait a minute Janine I am a reverend and this is my church and this is what I need to do or this is my synagogue So, you know again case-by-case basis But I did want to bring it up just so that people would be aware how there are differences between Facebook and uh, LinkedIn and it's fascinating to me you don't have the trolls on LinkedIn like you do on Facebook In general, that's true, yeah. You you have, Mm -hmm. when people get a little too bent out of shape, the community will shut them down by that's inappropriate, That's not that's not what you say here. People are much more polite. It's like, this is a conference room where a bunch of people are coming together to share their ideas, and Mm -hmm. you need to allow everyone the chance to speak. And I have always admired that about LinkedIn. Well, before we wrap this up, I'd love to hear anything else you care to share about your experiences with LinkedIn or things that you think would be helpful to those who are just starting to enter those waters.
0: Well, I think one more thing we haven't really touched upon much are the connections. You know, the connections are the gas that drive your LinkedIn engine. And I just stole that right from my friend Wayne Breitbart was from his book my LinkedIn buddy out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. However, what I would say here is be selective who you connect with on LinkedIn, just like you would be on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever. And the cool thing about LinkedIn is when someone asks you to connect, you have a capacity, unlike on these other platforms, to write them a little note through LinkedIn. So, So you're in your connections tab and you see that pending invite or maybe more than one invite. And right above the pending invites, there's a little button that would say manage. If it's just one, or if it's more than one, it would say select one of five, whatever, many pending invites. You click on that button now, just like an interior screen, and there will all those same invites be, and you will see the word message in blue. So this is a hyperlink. So say it was Janine that wanted to message me. So I would click on the message, and now up comes the little pop-up box where I'm messaging her. You don't even have to have a paid account to do this. Anybody can do this. So I would say, hey, Janine, thanks for the invite. What prompted you to reach out to me? What prompted you to reach out to me? To me, it's a kinder way of asking somebody, why did you reach out to me? Just, so, just that language can be a bit like off-putting. But now I'm trying to be friendly and direct. And then see what happens. Let them hang out there in the pending invites for a week. I had a guy like that. He was hanging out. For about six days, never did write back. And I'm like, okay, never mind. So I ignore him. And again, just like Facebook or the other, when you ignore someone, they are not notified. They are not notified. When you accept them, of course, they're notified. So I wanted to go through this process so people know. Also, if you inadvertently got connected to some yo-yo, you're like, what was I thinking? Okay, then you go back to your connections and you look this person up and when you get to his, let's call him a him, you get to his, um, you know, name, headline, picture, there's these three dots to the right of a little message button. You click on the three dots and you can um, remove, you can just disconnect. And they, they will not even know you did it because you didn't even go to their profile to alert them that you were looking at them. Now, here's the big kind of the bombshell one. If you are like, are so sick of that person, they creep you out, well, then you should actually report them. Maybe they just annoy you a lot. Then I would actually go right to their LinkedIn profile and block them. Because unless you think they might change along the way, maybe you see if you, otherwise, you know, they'll just be there. Or maybe they invited you to connect and like, oh, I don't like the feel of him at all. You're psychic. You would know, right? So then you go again, you go into their profile and just block them. So they won't know you looked at them because see, you're already dead to them. Your profile's gone. They can't find you. So just say some LinkedIn user looked at them. So I go on about that a bit because that's one of the first questions people ask me whenever I sit down with people is, how do I decide whether to connect with people? How many connections should I have? All of that, just all of that. Second question depends on you, but I do have thoughts. You know, make sure you feel comfortable, make sure you're interested enough to see this person pop up maybe in your newsfeed or up in your notifications.
1: Thank you so much for spending time with us today. This is Joyce Voistel, who is a social media trainer and she helps business people and job seekers alike, who are usually around in their forties and up, become more effective and productive on LinkedIn and Facebook. We focused on LinkedIn today because some people have told me they're quite intimidated by it. And so she was here to help guide us through. So thank you so much for joining us on The Practical Mystic Show.
0: This has been The Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolin. For show notes, resources, and more, visit the 8 Thanks for listening.